Holy Hour of Power. Reporting for duty, Sir Terry. I'm reporting for duty, Jesse. <clears throat> I, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about the uh, issue of cremation. I do about 200 funerals I'm involved mm. with here. And I just met with a family just yesterday where their son went missing and they found him, hikers found him up in the hills and so sad and trying to convince people to get a mass said for their son. It's, it's tragic when I hear so many of these deaths of suicide and just, you know, um, drug addiction, alcoholism. And here we have an opportunity to proclaim the teachings of Christ on radio and on the Internet. I mean, it makes my day. So I'm reporting for duty, Jess. And today <clears throat> the topic is a declaration of war, right? What do you mean? Francis and Fernandez, they both held the same job but different <laughs> years. And <clears throat> both of them have an uh, interesting topic because they, agree, they disagree on, on the issues of the day. So we're going to talk about that. Also, <clears throat> we're going to talk about um, the issue of cremation. What does the church teach and what has it recently taught that's contrary to what it taught before? So we're going to talk about that. just want to educate you on that. <clears throat> and then, of course, this is a topic that Jess and I, I mean, I go daily, Jesse, people saying they want to leave the church because of the scandals. I'm constantly dealing with mothers who have a son or daughter that says, hey, why do I need to have sexual morality when, uh, you know, in his mind, the Pope's going to be blessing homosexuals? Well, I'm going to, he even knew it. He goes, I'm going to be an irregular guy. <laughs> he knew what he meant. In other words, he was going to be living a fast lane type of guy. And I had to stop him in his tracks. So why? Why should we be doing this? It's because we don't have clarity right now in the church. So we're going to fight uh, that uh, this issue, and we're going to talk on how to keep the people Catholic. Because, Jesse, one thing I'll say a couple times is what Bishop Robert Barron said, it's a sign of a corrupt church that stops thinking deeply about the truths of Christianity. A church that is against being precise about its teaching is a corrupt church. Well, Jesse, right now, we're not being precise about what we teach on many issues, and I think that shows me what Bishop Barron said, we have some corruption in the Catholic Church. That was the intention of the modernist at, Va at Vatican II. Of course. You have, uh, there's, there's statements made by some of the modernist uh, ver theologians at Vatican II that what they were going to use is ambiguity yeah. in the documents of the church, ambiguity in their teaching. Right. And this is how they're able to pre promote modernism, which is heretical uh, through what's called incrementalism. So... <laughs> So yeah, Terry, it, it's it's a war of words. It, it really is. <laughs> it's a war of it's a war of ideas. It's an, it's a war of words. Yes, Terry, just want to mention today is the feast day of Saint Anthony of Egypt, mm -hmm. fourth century uh, hermit, a monk hermit, and I just want to share a little bit about him before I get into today's gospel. That uh, hey, Jess, before you do that, I forgot to go there. Good to know file. Oh, okay. I, I have yeah. something that is fascinating. I bet you not many people would know this figure. Okay. And that is we're, we're all complaining about inflation, right, since the new administration took place. Uh, let's just go back two years even. Uh, a family, and that's what we're dealing with, families on this radio show <clears throat> many times. A family is going to have to pay $11,400 for the exact services that they got two years ago because of inflation. So I'm going to ask this question. Were you better off four years ago? I hope so, because inflation is just tearing families apart. So I just thought, did that surprise you, Jess? Not really, right? 11000 
$400 more to pay for the same services you, me, every family across America had to pay. Yeah. Well, here's another good to note, Svile. Trump wins in Iowa. Oh, by 50, so, he had 51% of the vote. Yeah, uh, yeah. so f- former President Donald Trump has won the Iowa caucus right. by a wide margin. It's not even close. Nope. Uh, he, d- he, he, he took the race by storm over Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, yep. Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, also, and Vic Ramaswamy just, uh, he just, Trump. he stepped down yeah. and he just, he's through, he threw his full I, support. I really like Donald him, Trump. Jesse, to be honest with oh. you. He's young. Terry, he's, he's sharp. He's going to have, he's going to have a high level position. Trust me. Watch. Well, I wouldn't be surprised it, if he's the VP. I'll say it right now. Mm. No, I'm just saying it right now. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I might be right. Yeah. Also, critics are slamming Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley, her refusal to give a yes or no answer to the question of whether a man could become a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, see, again, she because she couldn't answer the question, so that's uh, that's not going to help her any. Oh, also, oh. Uh, also, the uh, there's a heroic school principal dies after defending students. Oh, this was principal crazy. Dan Marburger of Perry High School in Iowa. Yep has died after a week and a half of battling injuries sustained in a deadly shooting at the school. It is absolutely zero surprise to hear that he tried to approach and talk the shooter down and distract him long enough for some students to get out of the cafeteria. Uh, Dan Marburger's daughter, Claire, wrote on Facebook the night of the shooting, that's just dad. Uh, Also, Britney Spears is crying for pro-life help. Really? Yeah, she said, quote, if it had been left up to me alone, I would never have had an abortion, wow. wrote Britney Spears of her traumatic at-home abortion. Oh. She says, yeah, quote, to this day, it's one of the most agonizing things I've experienced in my life, close quote. Wow. So, uh, God bless her. Ma- Keep praying Ma- for her yeah, conversion. Exactly. Because, you know what? Yeah. She gives me signs of hope that she's looking for redemption, Jesse. Oh, without a doubt, Terry. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, also, Arch, Archbishop Nauman explains reactions to fiducious supplicants. The uh, Archbishop Nauman of Kansas City recently wrote that there's confusion regarding fiducious supplicants, and it was predictable. Yeah. He says gay rights activists within and outside the church have been demanding the church's blessings of same-sex unions as a necessary step to the church ultimately conforming to the culture right. and embracing same-sex marriages. Also, uh, Vatican Doctrine Chief uh, Cardinal Victor Fernandez says he will not stir further controversy. (laughs) (laughs) He defended, Cardinal Victor Fernandez defended his controversial erotic book, uh, two of them, but he said that he will not be the source of controversy in the future. In his book, he said, quote, it's the result of research on the male and female sexual intimacy that I've done with a group of married couples, but he said he's not going to become be, be controversial any longer. Good. Also, uh, uh, yeah, St. Anthony, Terry, he, uh, uh, pray for, yeah, pray for us. St. Anthony is, uh, <clears throat> what, what do we know about him? He lived in the solitude of the Egyptian desert for many years, and St. Athanasius, who knew Anthony personally, so there was, there's a fourth century saint. Yeah. He recorded his life and what's become a best-selling biography for the time. St. Anthony considered all beings, humans and angels, fallen or not, to be creatures of God. Only sin, St. Anthony taught, gives the devil power over a soul. 
Anthony's strict life of prayer and fasting produced a gentle and patient wisdom reflected in the sayings of the desert fathers. The fellow hermits who came to live with him formed the beginnings of Christian monasticism. St. Anthony died in 356 A.D., and uh, all I can say is St. Anthony of Egypt, pray for, for us. us. Amen. Yeah. It's a gospel. Let's get some soul food, brother. Yeah, soul yep. food. Mm-hmm. It's uh, speak, Lord, your servants are listening to Mark chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Mm-hmm. Jesus entered the synagogue. There was a man there who had a withered hand. They watched Jesus closely to see if he might cure on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, Come up here before us. Then he said to the the Pharisees, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil? To save life rather than to destroy it? But they remained silent. Looking around at them with anger and, and grieved at their hardness of heart, Jesus said to the man, Jesus said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately took counsel with the Herodians against him to put him to death. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What, in, in a nutshell, what, what the Pharisees, they failed to understand mm-hmm. is, is, is something that's basic to the Catholic faith. It, and if you think about this... Uh, the, the countless laws that were given to the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. You got the Ten Commandments, you have the 613 laws of Moses. But what is the law supposed to do? Jesus is trying to teach the Pharisees and Sadducees. The, the law is supposed to teach you the preeminence of love. In other words, the law is not the be-all and the end-all. What's the law supposed to teach you? The law is supposed to teach you the preeminence of love. You know, when you hear, you know, this gospel story today uh, and, and, you know, about this rich young man uh, with the with the withered hand or this man with the withered hand and the Pharisees have a problem with Jesus curing this rich young man. I mean, this 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 man with the withered hand on the Sabbath. Well, what's the point of this? The point of this is that Jesus Christ is trying to teach people that what's most important beyond law mm-hmm. is love. Mm-hmm. That's why St. John of the Cross says, in the twilight of our life, yeah. we will all be judged by love. Yeah, beautiful. Jesse, that's so beautiful because Filton Sheen has something on that right now. Let's see if we can squeeze it in. Let's bring the smartest guy in. Oh, Ted. He said, unless there is love, sacrifice and penance will be felt as an evil but not when love is there. Very similar. I love it. Bishop Sheen, pray for us. Stay with us, us. family. We'll be back with the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin, most powerful radio. Stay with us. Right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Yes, this article that you picked out from good Dr. Peter Wozniski says a declaration of war, Francis and Ferdinand's, Fernandez against the faith of our fathers, an overview of the reactions from the December 18th to the present. It's um, hard-hitting, but uh, 
he he backs everything up. So let's get into that article, brother. The few days before Christmas, uh, Dr. Kresniewski says, I committed myself to silence about the declaration. Short man. Fiducia supplicans <laughs> of the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith in order to free up mental space and leisure for honoring the Oh, holy he's a holy man. That makes it tells yeah. a lot about him. Here was a message I posted on Facebook uh, and, and X on December 21st. Quote, it is gratifying to see the massive reaction against fiducia supplicans. Its opponents, that is Catholics, are poking more holes in it than you'd find in a colander, <laughs> while its defenders are looking like mentally compromised ideologues. Yeah, he's talking about the Pope-splainers. Yep. All that being said, I'm sick of the subject, for goodness sakes. It's December 21st. The Feast of St. Thomas the Apostle, and just a few days before Christmas, I am resolved to stop posting to stop posting on this nasty business, even though there are and will be plenty of things that would be norm that, that would normally be worth sharing. In, vi- in my view, says Dr. Kwasniewski, the essays of Salmons, Wynandi, Hitchens, Chap, and Dreer, and the bishop's statements from, from uh, Peta and Schneider and many African nations have more than successfully skewered this slouching beast. We would do well to move on. This radioactive fallout of this papacy will last for decades and possibly centuries. So it's not like we can solve anything at the moment. If I could just jump in for a second. In this article, you quoted Chap. That's that Dr. Larry Chap. We're going to have him on Friday to talk about this. He's one of these guys Mm. that just, uh, he's he's a theologian and he says it really clear. So it's an article from the Catholic World Report. Uh, Jesse, one of the things that he said there, the radioactive fallout, think about what the, what the bishops in Africa are saying. If we agree on blessing so-called same-sex homosexuals, just imagine what the Muslims in Africa are going to say to the future converts and our Protestant brothers saying, see, the Catholics are all wet on this. How many, how many souls are not going to come and meet Jesus Christ because of a poorly written document? This is the effects they're having. And this is why I think uh, the good doctor here is putting it out as, it sounds like, well, radioactive fallout? Yeah, radioactive fallout. In other words, souls are going to be affected adversely for meeting the person of Jesus Christ. And that's why we keep hitting this beat, because it's important that clarity comes in over uh, practice. In other words, yes, the church teachings are not changed. But what they're doing is the practice is changing. Therefore, to the whole Joe Sixpack out there, non-Catholics, hey, the Catholic Church caved in. That's the fallout he's talking about. Continue. And that's what's been promoted on the mainstream media since, since that day. We, and they should have known that, which I think yeah, they did. They did know it. Of course. That's why they did it, because yep. they knew yep. that the mainstream media would misreport it. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Kwasniewski writes, or rather... There's one thing that we can do that will make demons shriek and rage and their earthly potentates quiver in fear. We can be true Catholics Amen. who fervently worship the, the word made flesh in harmony with tradition. Let us beg him for a deliverance only he can give. And let the dead bury the dead. Amen. Venite adoremos dominum. <coughs> come, uh, yeah, let us come worship Lord, the Lord. Yeah, I, let us, uh, there you. I think this was a good move, not only for spiritual reasons, but also because it allowed me to keep an eye now and again on the flow of commentary 
and to evaluate the different interventions, informally ranking them as they rolled in. Mm -hmm. Thus, a couple of weeks after the bomb dropped, the lay of the land had become quite clear to me. <laughs> the, avalanche of the avalanche of responses has made it rather difficult to keep up with everything. But some general observations are possible. Here, I will share those observations, quoting from or listing the best writing I have seen so far. A sort of overview of the, of the fiducia supplicants debacle. Thus, I give you my assurance that anything linked in this post is, post is worth reading. Pastoral policy, always moving ahead and understanding the game. Mm -hmm. Every intelligent commentator has recognized the game that Francis and Fernandez are playing. Assert till blue in the face that doctrine hasn't changed, mm -hmm. but modify pastoral policy in such a way that the impression is given that the church is blessing couples who are un, un, who are in an objectively grateful situation. The inference is then widely drawn that the church is surrendered to a triumphalistic decadent culture, an inference that was entirely predictable and therefore at some level or in some sense deliberately intended. That last paragraph oh, yeah. says it, it all. all. Well, oh, I'm gonna, it, yeah. yeah, I'll read it again. Read that, it again. That, yes, that last says, paragraph is yeah. exactly what Do I felt it, from yes. day one. Yeah. Kwasniewski writes, this is, and I've, been, I've thought this from exactly the day it was yeah. released. He says, every intelligent commentator has recognized the game that Francis and Fernandez are playing. Assert till you're blue in the face that doctrine hasn't changed. Doctrine hasn't changed. But modify pastoral policy in such a way that the impression is given that the church is blessing couples who are living in an objectively grateful, sinful situation. The inference, thanks to the mainstream media, is then widely drawn that the church has surrendered to a triumphalistic, decadent culture, an inference that was entirely predictable yep. and therefore at some level or in some sense deliberately intended, I would say, by Francis and Fernandez. Yeah. I call it a pastoral disaster. It really is because they're telling, you know, actions speak louder than words. And so our actions are, here, a picture of a priest in a Catholic church with a rainbow stole blessing two women. Okay? Now, I get it. It's not what the document says you're supposed to do. But guess what, guys? They don't care about what you, the, the details of the document. You know what they care about? Practice. Oh, we can, we can now be part of the Catholic Church. We can still, you know, we've been married 20-some years, 22 years civilly, and now the church is acknowledging us. See, this is a disaster when it comes to uh, pastoral practice and a disaster for the Catholic Church. Jesse, just say something about what we talked a little bit about. We're going to talk about it on Friday more. But when you do theology from the bottom up, which is what Francis is asking Fernandez to do. This is liberation theology. This is where you say, my experience trumps divine revelation. Did I say it clear? How much clearer can I say it, bro? No, you said it about as clear as you can. It, it, and I'll tell you, when you look at the document, the declaration, fiducia supplicans, yeah. here's something on, on page 27, okay. or paragraph 27, that most people, they're not saying much about it, but it keeps jumping out at me. Yeah. And in paragraph 27... It says, right in the middle, it says, notice this, this, this movement towards promoting error. It says here, so we are more important to God than all the sins we can commit because he is father, he is mother, 
He is pure love. He has blessed us forever. Okay. That statement just, go ahead. Okay, here it is again. So we are more important to God than all the sins we can commit because he is father, he is mother, he is pure love, he has blessed us forever. Terry, that's, that's the definition of what's called the fundamental option theory. You got it. Which teaches that it doesn't matter if you sin or how much you sin or the gravity of your sin. I mean, you shouldn't, but it doesn't matter if you sin or the gravity of your sin. So long as you love God, yeah. that's what's most important. So as long as you have a fundamental option towards loving God... Well, your behavior, well, you know what? It's not that important, Terry. That's what he just said there on paragraph 21. It's the error of the fundamental option theory. And also, it jumps out at me, he's calling God, God, he is mother. I know. Again, I don't find that anywhere, anywhere. in scripture. Nope. And, 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 and uh, again, so it, it just goes to show you, Terry, just the uh, the convoluted way of thinking of this man Cardinal Victor Fernandez. Yeah, and I can just tell you this, Jesse, that fits right in to, um, unfortunately, our Holy Father, who just came out saying that he hopes, you know, nobody is in hell uh, in an interview on Sunday night, which was very, very sad that the Pope, just his private views, but his private views are not what the Catholic Church teaches on that. As a matter of fact, I remember, Jesse, Pope John Paul II in our lifetime some, he said this, he said, I, I would like to hope there's very few people in hell, but if you look at divine revelation and the word of God, it shows you that there are lots of souls in hell. So you see the difference between Pope John Paul II's position and, and uh, Pope Francis. It's night and day. But that's not, the, that's not the first time he's mentioned that about hell. No, no, this has been in all his book, but this is breaking because it was, <laughs> it was, Sunday, it was Sunday night on, on about... Four and a half million Italians were watching television, and he makes that statement that he likes to think of hell as being empty. But you know what else is really bad, too, that he says, as a private theologian, he thinks at the end of time, Jesse, well, this is going, read the catechism, at the end of time, hell will cease to exist. You know what, Jess? That was condemned... (laughs) A thousand years ago. It just seems like these things keep popping up. So I, I, I pray for the Holy Father because wherever he got that formation, maybe when he was doing formation in Germany, maybe he got it there. Maybe. Maybe he got it in South America. I don't know. But that's not what the Catholic Church teaches about hell. That, um, you know, he, 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 the, go, the souls that go to hell go there for all eternity. And you know what? That kind of statement undermines the deposit of faith, and it also undermines people going, well, you know, what about imperfect contrition? I don't want to go to hell for all eternity. Oh, you mean hell is just for a certain amount of time? And then I don't, oh, well, now it's not that bad. Maybe I'll keep sinning. You see how that mentality affects souls? Why do you think I bring it up? Not because I don't, I like to bring it up. It's because we want clarity for our souls, for our our church. And when the Holy Father does that, it's it's ambiguous. ambiguous. I'll give you an example on a natural level. Okay. All the states where they have the death penalty oh, and, where yeah. the, and where criminals know yeah, that, that the death penalty is in place, there's there's lower homicide rates that in those sense. states. That makes sense. Okay? Yeah. In states where criminals know that there is no death penalty, they have higher rates of homicide. Well, that makes sense. 
Yeah, because the criminals know, the bad guys know. I don't want to get, I don't want to get cooked by the state. <laughs> and you know what, Jesse? I don't want to get barbecued by the state. That's a good thing. It, 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 yeah. it stops them from committing a heinous crime. It's good for them, and it's good for society. It's good. Everybody wins, Terry, when you have that type of, that you have that type of consequence hanging over people's heads. Nothing wrong with that. Everybody wins. Yep. Terry, we're going to move on to another topic. The Pope's doctrinal czar, Cardinal Fernandez, That's again. They describe him. <laughs> yeah, he stirs controversy on cremation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's yeah he sparked fresh controversy over the practice of cremation after issuing a new ruling on the preserving of ashes of cremated bodies. So we'll talk about that next. And much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Thanks for joining us, folks. Thanks for supporting vmpr.org. Don't forget about our Spiritual Warfare Conference coming up and the March for Life in San Francisco, also in L.A., and also Washington, D.C. Check them all out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Just before we get into that topic... I was thinking about it during the break. I, you know, you and I both get phone calls all the time from listeners. And one of our listeners, she's, she, her sister's as old as I am. She graduated uh, from Catholic school here in L.A. in uh, 1976. And um, she was saying how when she was in the Catholic school there, I won't say the school, but if, if someone ever called me, I'd let them know, don't support this school. And they, uh, they hired Mormons to teach this all-girls school. And uh, she was converting uh, many Catholics to Mormonism, and the Catholic Church was paying for her to do that. You see how this was back, what, almost 50 years ago. This has been going on a long time, this modernism. And the other one that got me was the girl who just told me today, because I'm counseling her on certain things. Uh, she's a listener. She said, when I was in high school, I, I was in the early 80s, so she's closer to your age, Jess. And she said this that the coaches at the all-girls school were lesbians, and they convinced many of the girls to become lesbians. And, you know, when people say, well, you shouldn't hire uh, a lesbian, why? You're, you, they should be able to be hired. Why, why hire a Catholic who's practicing the faith at the Catholic schools? Are you kidding me? You really have to ask that question? So, Jesse, what I'm pointing out is the problems have been going on for about 60 years where— uh, People haven't been getting clarity on the faith, and people have been walking away. And we're just, we've had enough of it, okay? That's what I wanted to bring up. So let's talk about this topic now. Cardinal Victor Fernandez, who is the prefect for the Dicastery of the Doctrine of the Faith, yeah. uh, his, uh, his response to a dubia, yeah. Fernandez's ruling is in the form of a response of, to two questions, which are called dubias, posed by Cardinal Matteo Zuppi, mm -hmm. Or uh, from Italy, that seeks to accommodate the wishes of the increasing number of people desiring to cremate the bodies of the deceased and scatter their ashes in nature. Mm -hmm. So Cardinal Zuppi asks if there could be designated a sacred place for the commingled accumulation and preservation of the ashes of the baptized where the names of the dead would be recorded. Well, <laughs> dead bodies are not garbage. Sacred. The cardinal, yeah, the cardinal archbishop of, of of Bologna, Italy, regarded as papable in the next conclave, also asks if family members can be permitted to keep a portion of the deceased ashes in a place that is significant for the history of the deceased. 
the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith has replied to both questions in the affirmative, stressing that the new provisions must ensure that every type of pantheistic, naturalistic, or nihilistic misunderstanding is ruled out and provide for the ashes of the deceased to be kept in a sacred place. Fernandez does not specify whether sacred rites for preserving ashes might include a family altar or chapel in a family member's home or a river, field, or mountain that has been blessed and and designated as sacred by the relevant ecclesiastical authority. Cardinal Mueller's prohibition back in 2016, the decree ad resurgendum cum Cristo issued by the then congregation for the doctrine of the faith by the former prefect, Cardinal <coughs> Gerhard Mueller. Wow, what a difference. Made it really clear, didn't he? Watch. Prohibits the conservation of the ashes in the departed of a domestic residence, except in grave exceptional cases, depending on cultural conditions of a localized nature. The ashes, Cardinal Mueller notes, may not be divided among various family members. Right. Moreover, when the deceased notoriously demanded cremation and scattering of the ashes for reasons contrary to the Christian faith, a Christian funeral must be denied to that person. These traditions manifest the teachings of the church and their progressive disappearance reflects and accelerates the loss of faith. Deacon Nick Connolly said in an interview that Cardinal Fernandez's ruling on cremation exposes the flip-flop chaos at the heart of Fernandez's pontificate, uh, Fra- Francis pontificate, excuse me. The current prefect for the DDF has driven a coach and horses through the explicit directives of a previous prefect in just seven years, Deacon Donnelly lamented. Yeah, Terry, Fernandez is just getting piecemeal. He's denying everything Mueller did. And Francis is also trying to get rid of everything Benedict did. Remember starting what, with, starting yeah, with the Latin Mass. Well, remember what Pope Francis told Fernandez to do. We're not wanting you to discipline like we have in the past. We want you to do theology from the bottom up. And that's what we're saying. Just, just for the background of everyone who's listening, okay. the cremation originally was condemned by the Catholic Church in any form. And I'll tell you why. It was Freemasons. They were the guys that were denying the resurrection and saying, no, just, cre- just burn the bodies. And the Catholic Church said, no, they're denying the resurrection. Uh, we're forbidding it. You cannot do that. Now, <clears throat> in the 60s, Pope Paul VI said, okay, if you're not denying the resurrection, because now they're, we're saying, no, that's not the issue. Back 200 years ago, it was. So then they said, we'll make an exception. But Jesse, because I, I keep talking about all the funerals, I got a funeral going on right now. I got another one tomorrow morning. I talk to these people all the time. Do you know what a guy told me just uh, what, a, a year ago? Hey, Jess, he had this wicked uh, tattoo on him, okay? I mean, I buried a guy that was a gangbanger got shot on Saturday. So uh, I saw his tattooed body. And what they wanted to do is cut his tattoo out of his arm and <clears throat> preserve it on the wall yeah, I get I get them, Jess. I don't know if anybody that does 200 funerals a year, you're going to get these things. But you see what people are doing? They want to keep a piece of their, their son or their father or mother and hang it up on the wall as like a trophy. And so this is what 
we teach as a Catholic Church is that the body is sacred, okay? It's not something that we just, you know, uh, uh, do anything we want with it. We're supposed to properly uh, bury the, uh, the body because what it was is a temple of the Holy Spirit for us. Now, I get it. The, the, uh, the soul leaves the body at death, but because of its job as a uh, physical body preserving uh, the, the, the soul for those years, we don't just toss it in the trash or hang it up on a wall. So now I just, I just want folks to know that this has been going on for a couple hundred years of this teaching on, on uh, the issue of cremation. Yeah, uh, Terry, I wish Pope Paul VI would not have... Uh, oh, no, he opened up a floodgate there. Yeah, it, you know, <laughs> you've heard the saying, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Exactly, that's what happened. Pope Paul VI gave them an inch, and the left, the woke uh, modernist left, they took a country mile, as Paul Clay says. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, Jesse, just because we want to... Uh, we, 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 you know what it really comes down to, too? It's, it's, a, it's an issue of our will over God's will. And what I mean by that is... We want comfort. We want to be able to look at that tattoo the rest of our life, or we want to see that we're holding on to Grandpa, or you know, in our living room, and you know, it's like it's almost like a trophy. And you see, uh, that again is a compromise. In my, now, I'm just giving you my take on this. You can tell me I'm all wet, but it's a worldly view of death. That's all. And I'll tell you why it's a worldly view of death, because that's the way the pagan Romans exactly and Jesse. the pagan Greeks. That's how they conducted their funerals. They would yep. burn the bodies. Yep. Just look at old movies. That was common with the pagans. Yep. Because for them, that was the end of your life. Yeah. And so they had they didn't have that the whole understanding of that of Jesus Christ redeeming your soul and your body. Exactly. For the yeah. So the pagans didn't understand that. Cardinal Mueller issued a cogent instruction yep. on the interment of ashes, explaining the Christological numerological and eschatological doctrines underpinning these prohibitions. Yeah. The resurrection of the body, baptized bodies having been temples of the Holy Spirit. Yep. The need for public prayers for the souls in purgatory Man. and the veneration of the saints. Ignoring these doctrinal safeguards, he adds, Cardinal Fernandez is now permitting the dispersal of a portion of the ashes in unspecified locations, implicitly including storage at home. <laughs> I know it's just can you believe this, Jesse? But you see, again, I, I attribute all of this to being the theology of experience over revelation. Yeah. Yeah, and also the remember the Pope of Surprises. Yep. Remember that? That's yeah, another. Yeah. Yeah, the Pope of Surprises. Uh, in 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 the in his comments in an interview, the medieval scholar Dr. Joseph Shaw slammed the DDF ruling as the latest of a series of predictable concessions to secular practices and attitudes at right angles to the traditions of the church. These traditions inculcate and manifest teaching of the church and their progressive disappearance reflects and accelerates the loss of faith, Dr. Shaw lamented. Cremation became identified as one very specific vehicle for social change. The desire to scatter ashes, even more than the desire for cremation, is clearly connected with an understanding of death incompatible with our with our belief in the resurrection of the body as a kind of return of the return of the body to nature yeah well yeah yeah and jesse, this the, jesse yeah, just to jump in i, I got to interrupt you on this because i get so much they want to liquefy the body we did a show several years ago and and because grandma had a garden in the backyard 
they use grandma's body as fertilizer to fertilize the flowers. Now, yeah. if that's not, uh, you know, a pagan approach to life, I don't know what is, brother. I don't see how people don't see that. You're, continue, but I just had to, I mean, <clears throat> this is becoming more popular. I, I, let me tell you, even yesterday I had a situation where I was trying to convince the people to have mass offered for their son who died, who committed suicide. Yeah, have, a, have prayers for him because he was mentally ill. And they were falling away Catholics. And this big dude, about 6'1", he gets in my face and says, let me tell you something. <laughs> He's like, we're not having no mass for my brother. Do you understand? <clears throat> and, I, and I said to him, I said, dude, <clears throat> you, yeah, your mom's making that decision. My point is, he could have punched my lights out. You know what I would have said? Thank you, Jesus. Because you know what? <laughs> he needed to know that he needed to have a mask for his brother. And if I'm going to get hit for telling him that, hey, Jess, I'm comfortable with that. You know why? Because I don't want him to go where I come and say, why didn't you tell him what they should have done? Were you afraid of him? I'm not afraid of You know what I'm afraid of, Jess? Sin. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we'll be right. We'll, we'll, we'll pick it up wow. uh, on the next topic. Oh, we're going to go to another topic, Terry. Yeah, we're gonna we talk will. About, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about, you got to watch, fighting the church may lead you right out of the church. We'll give you a couple of examples. Yeah, you yep. got it. Stay with us, family. Yep. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Race. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jess, I don't know any guy that's busier than you, brother. I, I'm, I'm here at the chapel doing all this work with the funerals. You're out preaching the word of God at parishes. And I know you've got to leave in a few minutes to go you know, do some power preaching and form some of the local parishioners about the faith, so we understand that. Let's get into this article, Fighting the Church May Lead You Right Out of the Church, from Catholic World Report. Yeah, Terry, I've seen this time and time again, oh, so you, you got you got to watch yourself. Yep. Uh, it, it says here, <clears throat> Aston Roos wrote this article. It's very well written. Yeah, it is. Uh, he says, anger over long periods of time can change people and drive, oh, yeah. them, away, drive them away from things mm-hmm. they previously believed and loved. And I'm going to give you some names. Sure, okay? we know them. Yep. He says... I did not know until a Rod Dreher column this week that Catholic pugilist Steve Skojic is now ex-Catholic pugilist Steve Skojic. Yeah, he used to write for uh, 1 Peter 5, yeah. and he used to go to the Latin Mass out here in Phoenix, Right. and now uh, he's completely lost his faith over everything that he's been Candle. seeing. Yeah. yeah. Rod Dreher says Skojic is now an agnostic. He didn't even slow down and join the Orthodox Church like <laughs> like Rod Dreher did. Exactly. I, think, I think Rod Dreher was also an ex-Catholic that right. was scandalized, that also left the church. He went right out the door into back disbelief. Door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the back door. <laughs> Skojic says he has not attended Mass in so a year. Sad. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll give you somebody else that ran right out the church too as he came in punching and swinging and fighting was... Jerry Matatix. Oh, yeah. We remember that 30 okay. years ago. Remember him? Yeah. I remember uh, him well. Yeah. They, they, this guy came in with... with oh, he was going to be like another Scott Hahn. You remember? Sincere apostolic yeah. zeal. Yeah. And, 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 and what happened is, like, uh, Matt, um, Jerry Matatix. Yeah. Steve Skojic. Yes. Rod Dreher. I'll, I'll give you another one, Terry. This is going to surprise you. you. You probably didn't know about this one. Yeah. Who just 
became so angry, he studied his way out of the church. Yeah. Okay? He, this, you haven't heard this one. Robert Spencer. Oh, no. No. Tell me no. I'm not. I just found... I, I didn't know that. I'm so yeah, sorry. Because that he, guy... He, Terry, he's the best guy in Islam in the world. Exactly. In the world. Robert, he's now a, an Orthodox Christian. Wow. He's so scandalized. Again, and see, that's what happens when you're always, always just focusing on the negative. Yeah. You know, Robert Spencer, you know, Jerry Maddox. These are smart guys, Terry. They are intelligent, yeah. Rob Dreer. Rod Dreer. Steve Skojic. Oh, they're all Super smart guys. Mm -hmm. But here's what happens. And see, Terry and me, we we mentioned the negative. We just did two two segments on it. Oh yeah. But we always start the show off with the positive, the gospel, gospel of Jesus Christ, exactly. and then we always end our show with action items. Yep. In, in other words, we just don't stay on the negative. Nope. And so this is so he. I'll tell you somebody else, Terry, who just left the faith. You know him as well, Joseph Siambra. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, I was. I even actually reached out to him. Yeah. yeah so yeah. okay. The the point is, these are guys. That fell in love with Jesus, the church, yeah. orthodoxy, yeah. but they they were they were too much into the weeds, Terry. Yeah. yeah, and they were like, "Oh, Fernandez is doing this, and McCarrick is doing that, right. and this is it. Nobody's doing and, anything." And and it, and it let it. they allowed it to get to them. Yeah, it scandalized them to the point where it drove them out. So sad. I'll give you another one. Well, this one, Terry, you remember. Hey, you remember this years ago okay. when I was still living in California, there's a very pretty famous personality called the Bible answer man. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Hank Hanegraaff. Remember yeah, Hank Hanegraaff? Of course. And your brother does too. Well, yeah. Funny. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, he was on like, I don't know, 400 stations across Protestant stations across the country. Yeah. Uh, he left, he converted from Protestantism. He left Calvary Chapel and all the evangelical churches that he was part of. Yeah. And he would have come into the Catholic Church, Terry, yeah. because he's, but he was he was scandalized yeah. by the papacy, and he became a Greek Orthodox Christian. Yeah, yeah. So Hank Hanegraaff is no longer Calvary Chapel. He's no longer the Bible Answer Man. Right. He's now a Greek Orthodox Christian, and he would have been a Catholic. But again, the scandals of the church are are what just caused him to to to, to go east so to speak. Yeah. And Jesse, by you naming all those names, yes, it brings back memories and all that, but we try, as you just said, we show problem solution, and the solution is always in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesse, I'm holding a crucifix up for those who are on radio can't see. Yeah. This is who Jesus, this is yeah. who we worship, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So when I see scandal in the church, I mean, yeah. Archbishop Foley back in 97 said it well. He said, you know, scandal is one of the biggest obstacles for evangelization. And I still agree with the Archbishop saying that, but we can't let that get in the way of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what we try to do. And I, and I will say this, Jesse, that's the uniqueness about VMPR. We constantly, whether it's Jesus 911, whether it's Matt's show, all the shows talk about problems, but we always show the solution, which is Jesus Christ. Terry, and I'm going to let you give the solution because I'm on my way oh, to go give a lecture yeah. down the street in about 10 minutes. So all right, I'm out. brother. Thanks, I'm Jess. Out. And what you just said about this article, it's a Catholic World Report. It really does show that many of these great minds um, it will leave because of the anger factor. 
And he makes it in this article that's saying that the anger over long periods of time can change people and drive them away from things they previously beloved and loved. For example, a husband and wife. Anger. It drives them away from each other. So I know that, you know, we here at VMPR, we're fighting over eternal truths that can save true enough, but we must live to fight for another day. And this is one of the things I always tell people, go pray, go pray. See, everybody, not everybody, but many of you uh, people who are on the Orthodox side of the church will point out all the problems, but do they talk about reparation? No. Do they talk about, uh, you know, what Our Lady said, that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices? This is what we need to be doing. And this, every time, after every end of the show, we cut right into what we need to do. What's our, what's our action item? Get the confession. I went to confession this morning, right? Why? Or yesterday, it was yesterday. I went to confession yesterday before Holy Mass. Why? Because I need to go a couple times a month. I'm a big sinner. See, here's the point I see about this. The more you get closer to Christ, the more you realize you're a sinner. And I know Fulton Sheen said it, Paul the Tenth. the worst thing in the world is the denial of sin. Look at the confessionals right now. Very few people go into confession. When I went, there were two or three people. You know, what? And there's thousands of Catholics. So let's not point fingers and say, where's everywhere? Why can't we get more confessions? Well, yeah, we'll pray. But you go to confession first. Be an example. You know, first before you start complaining. Second of all, stay close to the Eucharist, meaning prayers before the Blessed Sacrament. We're blessed here. We have the Adoration Chapel right here at Sacred Heart Chapel. 80 feet from the studio, 100 feet from the studio. Why? Uh, that's what God has given us. And so we can pray before the Blessed Sacrament. And I would encourage you to get your rosary out every day. I like what Dr. Taylor Marshall says. You're off the team if you're not praying the rosary. Well, yeah, you need to be praying your rosary because Our Lady of Fatima said it. So, you know, that uh, this is helping to deter war. Remember right now, look at the situation in the secular world right now. Very similar to what happened before World War II. There were battles going on with China and Japan, other, you know, fighting. The similar thing that's happening in Israel and the Ukraine, this could easily start up to a world war. And you know what? We get nuked, okay? But here's the point. Don't worry about getting nuked. Worry about living in the state of grace so that if anything happens, you get, you know, a, a, an accident driving home from work and you get hit by a car like... We buried a girl on uh, Saturday who was drinking and driving, and she died at age 30. Was she prepared? From what the family tells me, no. She was living a, a very reckless life, drinking and immorality. Wow, I prayed for her at, at, right at her casket. Why? Because we need to. But what we can do in this world right now and in the church, there's lots of you know chaos going on, but don't leave the church. There's nowhere else to go. Come on. Jesus Christ established his bride, the church. And I'm, gonna, I'm convinced that God's raising up people like you, like me, like Jess. Yeah, because I believe what Fulton Sheen said. Who's going to save our church? Not our bishops, not our priests and religious. It's up to you, the people of God. And Bishop Sheen said that in the 1970s. And when I... Talk to people, which I do daily here, from the radio and from all the funerals, 
families, they have one thing that they want. They want to know the truth about life. So let's get back to the fundamentals of the Catholic faith, which is we are an apostolic church. We have the fullness of the truth. Remember, well, tomorrow, Matt Arnold's going to fill us in because Jesse's going to be out preaching. And we're going to be talking about good theology breeds good, I'm sorry, good philosophy breeds good theology. And this is one of the problems we've had. We left St. Thomas Aquinas's to mystic philosophy away. We don't have it. And John Paul II of 1988, uh, Veritatis Splendor, he quoted St. Thomas for the first time in a long time. So it's important that we understand good philosophy. That's why I really encourage people to have good philosophy so that their theology is spot on. And tomorrow, we're going to do a whole show on why that's important and how it affected the church in a very positive way. And I, and I always say this, remember the church is filled with sinful men. It's one of the requirements to coming to the church that we're all sinners. Always been that way, and it'll always be that until the end of time. So when some people, I get women that call me, my husband doesn't want to go to church because all of the you know, phonies that go to church, he doesn't want to be one. And so I always tell them, let me talk to the dude. And I talk to him. I say, come on, man up, dude. Stop making excuses because someone else isn't living the faith, so you won't live the faith. Fall deep in love with Jesus Christ. Give your life to Jesus Christ and then talk about someone else not doing it. Well, we'll pray for them. But don't use bad example as an excuse because at your exit interview, that's not going to hold water. Because remember, Pope Francis won't be at your exit interview. Archbishop Fernandez won't be there. Your local parish priest won't be there. Your archbishop, your cardinals won't be there. Jesus Christ will be there. And then it all is exposed, everything. So I think it's important to do that examination of conscience every night because it keeps us close to Jesus. And don't forget, ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day. If you're not doing that, your faith will not grow. And that's why I encourage that. I also encourage married couples to renew their marriage vows on a regular basis. Yeah, if they're not doing that, the world, the devil, and the flesh can get inside of your marriage. And that's why I ask my wife, Mary Danielle. She loves me when I repeat my marriage vows. So that's what I wanted to encourage you. But we appreciate everyone supporting us here at VMPR. May God richly bless you and your family.